Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection podcast and today is a solo episode and I have a topic I want to go over. We might get to two, we will see how this goes. So uh, basically the topic I want to go over today is basically this is the most, this is going to be the most important slash overlooked part of a, of a fat loss diet. Uh, you know, so we're going to go talk about the post diet period. Um, and specifically, I wanted to kind of talk about some mistakes I see people make in this post diet period. So that way you can set yourself up, uh, not only to lose body fat, but also to keep it off long-term. So just to kind of, you know, kind of bring this all together here. How many times have you dieted it for fat loss? You saw good progress, you ended it. And then a few months later, you gained all the way back, maybe more. If you did like, don't worry, this is extremely common in the, in the dieting realm and people that are trying to just diet. Uh, it's frustrating to see because, you know, you put in the work, you made changes, but then you did all of it for kind of nothing. Right. And, and now you obviously have to do it all over again. And so I don't think that we, well, I know this, we don't necessarily have a weight loss problem we have more of a weight maintenance problem. Uh, that's kind of where like uh, our biggest issues are. I feel like is, is we don't have people know how to lose weight. They know what they, they need to do and you know what you need to do to lose weight, but how do you sustain that? How do you keep that weight loss off long-term? That's where there's uh, big problems in this field. And I think a lot of it comes down to just unrealistic, unrealistic expectations, um, you know, marketing, right? Like people marketing supplements, quick weight loss, things like that. And, and that can all, that all plays a role in this. Um, and so I, I, basically because of this, I, I've, I use a nutrition tool called nutrition periodization. Okay. So uh, again, if you're not familiar with it, it's, it's, basically we have different phases of nutrition, right? We're not always in a fat loss phase. We're not always trying to build muscle. We're not, you know, we, we, we periodize that out. We have phases for this to where, you know, we, um, work through different phases of nutrition just because, you know, again, just always being on a fat loss diet, we know probably isn't great for long-term success. Um, I'll link a blog to my nutrition periodization blog that I, that I wrote. So that way you can check that out. If you're interested in that, I need to do a podcast episode strictly on nutrition periodization. So that's actually a good idea to do here um, in the next couple of weeks. But um, yeah. So if, if you aren't familiar with it, uh, I did write a blog on it and I will post that in the show notes. Um, but yeah, the, really the biggest problem with fat loss dieting is you don't have a plan afterwards. You're hundred percent in during the fat loss time. And then when it's over, you go back to hundred percent off and, and that's really what's hurting you. Uh, so just to give you an overview, uh, even if you're not going to look at the, or even if you haven't read the nutrition periodization article, or you are planning on it, or you're not planning on it, whatever it may be. So after fat loss phase, we have online clients go into a maintenance post diet period for a period of time. Really what this does is it gives their body a break mentally and physically from pushing a new body weight and, and you know, again, getting out of that, those kind of that state of, um, 
calorie restriction, energy restriction, where your body does have some adaptations to that, right? And so again, it's good that we get out of it. And this is again where nutrition periodization plays a role um, in all this. Uh, we know that during fat loss, you know, hunger and cravings are going to increase. Um, again, there's going to be other adaptations in terms of your body's going to conserve energy in, elsewhere. Like all these things are going to happen when you're in a energy deficit, right? And this doesn't just happen right away. This happens over time. But the big thing is that you get out of that for a period of time. But this phase I'm about to talk about is often overlooked for most people. And um, because you aren't aiming for something new, you are just maintaining. Sorry, I keep getting some. I don't know if you guys could hear that or not, but I was getting some Facebook messages during this. So, um, but again, this, this post diet period is just overlooked for most people. Um, and, and I think mainly because you're not aiming for something new, you're just maintaining, right? That's super boring. I mean, who the hell wants to do that? But this part is most crucial for long-term sustainability and results. So here's just some common mistakes I see made during this, this post-diet period. And this, this goes for working with clients. This goes for working with just kind of talking to people like pers- clients that are put- they're going to be potential clients. Like these are just things that I see. Right. And, you know, you, you would think, well, this is your client, your clients, wouldn't they do these things? But, you know, again, at the end of the day, like clients are going to kind of do what they want to do. And these are just things that I commonly see them do, even though we have a plan in place. So even though you have a plan in place, you may still not do these things, but hopefully by listening to this, you'll realize, Hey, this is okay. This is what I need to do in that post-diet period. So the first one is no tracking. Um, so after fat loss phase, it makes sense to want to take a break from tracking. I've been there before. I understand. Like, I know that you did all that tracking for fat loss. It's like, okay, now I just want to break. But after fat loss phase, your body is primed to want to eat more. So you need to be careful here and tracking can help you not overeat. Now you don't have to track every last macro calorie, but for the first few weeks, you know, following this might be a good idea, but having something to track nutrition wise is going to be key here. Um, if you just listen to your body following fat loss, you're probably going to eat anything and everything and you're going to most likely overeat. Okay. So we do want to make sure that we aren't, that we do have, we just want to make sure we are tracking something, having some sort of like accountability here for tracking your uh, nutrition. Um, Again, it maybe you drop from tracking all your macros to just calories and protein. Maybe you just track portion sizes. Maybe you just do like hand portion method, Um, you know, whatever it is, like Maybe you're just tracking how many meals you eat per day, but you still want to have some sort of pulse on like what you're doing nutrition wise. If you just kind of let it go and you just do whatever, you're going to get yourself in trouble there. Uh, The second mistake is no self-monitoring of weight. Uh, Your weight is going to slightly increase following a fat loss phase if you start to eat just a little bit more. So a lot of people will shy away from monitoring their weight, right? Um, and, you know, because they, they saw it go down for all this time. And then all of a sudden now they see it go up slightly. And, and again, we're talking very small amount here, but they see that and then they, they stop. Right. So, you know, if you do this, you don't track your weight for a while. You don't know where, what first, you don't know what your true maintenance is. And you risk gaining a substantial amount of weight back. Like you see this happen a lot where you're not seeing the scale weight go down as you did during fat loss. So you say, screw it. And then you decide to weigh in weeks later. And then you're surprised that you gained 10 plus pounds. And then what happens? You end up going right back into a fat loss diet, right? And this is where people end up getting themselves in this endless cycle of just, they diet, don't do anything, diet, don't do anything, diet. And they just end up like losing the same 10 pounds over and over again. And you end up needing to be in a fat loss phase, but you end up losing the same weight over and over again. So it's a good idea to monitor what's going on weight-wise to see if you're overeating or not, right? This is, again, you have to get over that initial shock of like, oh crap, the 
scale's gone up slightly, but like you need to monitor your weight at, at this point in time. Um, because again, that, that is going to be an indicator of a good indicator of if you're eating the correct amount or if you're eating too much. So with all clients, we have them track at least three times per week. And then we take the average for the week. And when it comes to maintenance weight, like people think it's this exact number, but really it's a, it's a range. Okay. It's not just going to be, um, this maintenance is not just this one Goldilocks number. It's, it's, it's a range. So we want to kind of see your weight maintain around 2.5% up or down. But the big thing here is avoid the trap of not weighing yourself for extended periods of time is I feel like this is a big reason why people um, would you know see their weight spike back up. Okay. Um, we we want to have, again, we want to have some sort of pulse here on what's going on. Um, I think if you see it training up, you know, Hey, now I just need to cut back a little bit, right. Instead of falling into that trap of not doing it for a month and then it's up 10, 15 pounds because you're just, again, you're not, you're not tracking anything in terms of food. You're not weighing yourself. Um, that's where you see, especially in this post-diet period, depending on how much weight you lost and, and you know, if you'd lost a substantial amount of weight or fat loss, whatever it may be, if you just randomly go back up like, and don't track these things, you're going to see that it spike up, right? So again, we want to have some sort of pulse there. So that way you don't end up losing the same uh, 10 to 15 pounds over and over again. So the next big mistake is just incorporating too many tasty foods right away. Again, your body's primed to want to eat more food following a fat loss phase. Um, you know, it's again, your body's just adaptation to that. It's trying to fight that weight loss. Okay. So I think part of it's being aware of that. And then from there, it's also like making these choices to make sure you, um, don't let that happen. So, and again, with these tasty foods, they're easy to overeat and they're exactly the kinds of food your body is craving. Your body is craving energy. So anything that's going to be very energy dense, your body is going to want. Okay. So your brain's going to be like, give me some more of that. So again, if you go into this with the mindset of fat loss diet, and then you stop monitoring what you're eating, you don't weigh yourself. And you also start in to add in a lot of tasty food. Uh, it's going to be a recipe for overconsumption and weight gain. Um, so instead of eating more junk food, quote unquote, just focus on increasing the portions of your diet foods, right? So if you had like certain food you would eat during your diet, instead of just all of a sudden, just getting rid of those and just eating whatever you want it, like start to increase your, you know, maybe you're increasing your rice a little bit. Maybe you are, um, increasing your fruits, uh, whatever it may be like increase that for a period of time. Um, and maybe add in a little bit more variety, like slowly. Okay. So you don't have to just eat your normal diet foods, but be careful with adding in too many tasty foods, especially for the first two to three weeks. It's, it's probably best two, three weeks following the diet. It's probably best to really limit tasty foods. And then from there you slowly incorporate more, um, in, okay. Um, I get it though. You know, you diet it for whatever the amount of time was, and then you still have to pay attention. Like how lame, you know, that just sucks to have to still do that. But we just, you have to, you have to realize what's going on here. Um, and if you've done this before where you've lost body fat and then all of a sudden you just kind of just do whatever, like this is why it's happening. Okay. So you have to be aware of that. And again, this is if, if you're somebody who's done this multiple times, like you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again, you can, but you can't expect different results. So what what you don't want to do is you don't want to go from eating, you know, your nutrient dense foods, your quote unquote diet foods during the diet, and then go straight into just mostly tasty foods. Okay. This is again, going to be a recipe for overconsumption and weight gain post diet. So 
the next big thing I see is just less activity overall. Okay. Um, again, after pushing the activity hard following a fat loss phase, it makes sense to want to take a break from that, but staying active is going to be very important to regulate your appetite and increase overall calories burned throughout the day. Uh, you don't have to do the amount of activity you are doing during fat loss, but you also want to make sure you still keep up something post diet. So like, for example, say you were doing like 12,000 steps per day during your fat loss, maybe you just drop to eight to 10,000 per day, but be careful with letting this fall too far. So moderate to high levels of physical activity is going to be great for appetite regulation. If you let it fall too far post diet, you're going to have a tough time regulating your appetite, which all you're already going to see your hunger and cravings increase. So you're also going to have that. You're going to be dealing with that. So it's like a double whammy there. Um, but you're also obviously going to be expending less calories because you're not going to be moving as much either. Okay. Um, now it's not as black or white as, as that in terms of you just are going to be losing like you, you're because you're, if you bring in more calories, your body may actually burn more calories, but that's a, that's a topic for uh, another time. Just realize that we just don't want to see though, these, uh, activity levels fall too far. Okay. Um, again, you're going to kind of have that double whammy there of, we do a much better job of regulating our appetite at certain amounts of physical activity. So if you get too sedentary, you don't regulate your appetite as well, but we also have to realize that when you're coming out of this post diet period, you're probably your hunger and cravings are going to be a little bit higher. So you also have that. And then if you combine this where now, again, let's kind of all tie this together. If you don't weigh yourself, you're not monitoring that you're not tracking anything. You're also adding in a ton of tasty foods and you let your, um, uh, activity levels fall. Like this is, again, is going to be a recipe for just overeating post diet. And I guarantee you, if you, if you definitely don't follow any of those things, you're definitely going to see things go back to where they were. You're going to gain weight. You're honestly, you're probably going to gain more weight back. Um, so again, keep this in mind. And lastly, the other big mistake I see is drop calories back down. If weight slightly goes up. So again, after seeing the scale go down for a period of time, it can be addicting to want to continue to see it go down, but you must take a break from that and you must give your body a break from losing weight. Okay. Like there are some adaptations that happen when you restrict your energy and you go into an energy deficit. And these are going to be things that could potentially hurt, hurt, hurt yourself long-term. Um, but again, I understand that it could, you know, you want to see it continue to go down that that's addicting. It's a good feeling, but we have to take a break from being in that energy deficit. So if you, you know, so if somebody sees the scale site, you know, you're say you're tracking your weight, you do see it slightly go up. It's tempting to want to be like, okay, I got to drop my calories again. But again, that's going to get, when you increase your calories a little bit after fat loss diet, you are going to see that weight go up slightly. But again, we want to make sure that it's controlled and it doesn't spiral out of control, right? We're talking, you know, maybe two to three pounds versus, you know, it becomes a problem when it's like 10 to 15 pounds. Okay. Then we, we want to make sure that we're on that lower end there. Um, but you are going to probably see that scale weight stay the same or potentially go up slightly. Okay. And, but that doesn't mean that you need to drop your calories right away. Like there's some water weight stuff going on. Um, but again, if you get in this trap of seeing weight go up, then you drop calories, you're, you're going to end up getting into this endless cycle of eating less or get in this endless cycle of, of dieting. Um, and again, this is where most people get into this endless fat loss dieting mindset exactly what we're trying to avoid. So those are kind of the five common mistakes I see made 
uh, post-diet. So really the big takeaways here is that you don't let the end of your fat loss diet be the end of paying attention to what you're doing. You don't need to be as strict during your post-diet phase, but you must have some sort of plan and monitoring of what is going on. If you go from 100% on to 100% off, you're going to see the weight you lost come back on, especially, you know, I, I feel like I summed that part up pretty well there. But having a coach guide you through this period is crucial to long-term success. So don't so you don't end up losing the same 10, 15 pounds year over year. So this is where, you know, this is a different thing for a lot of people. They think fat loss, like a lot of people just think fat loss diet. All right, I'm done. Now I can do whatever I want, but we have to, we have to have some sort of plan post diet. Um, the more weight you lose the, and the more aggressive the weight loss was, the more important this is, uh, to have some sort of plan afterwards. Um, but it's easy to overlook, right? Like, so if you struggle with this, like it's time to look into get to grabbing a coach to help you with this, because otherwise you you're going to get yourself in this endless cycle. And, and I see this all the time, you know, whether somebody has a planned ending to a fat loss phase, or they just end up keep just pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And then they end up, their body takes a break for them either way. Like they don't have a, the person doesn't have a plan post diet and that's where they see all the weight come back on. Okay. So uh, I just urge you to have some sort of plan post diet and to just make sure you don't just fat loss diet, and then you're done, right? Um, that's kind of the main takeaway here from that. So if you have any questions on this, let me know. You can reach out um, on Instagram, email, whatever it may be, um, or apply for one-on-one coaching and we can work through this so we can get you to stop on this endless diet cycle. So the second topic I want to bring up is a post I made this week. Um, and basically it was most people's weight training sessions are focused on the feeling of working hard. So what ends up happening is they end up stressing their cardiovascular system more than their muscles. And I don't think that this is a bad thing, right? Like I do want to state that there's nothing wrong with that. But what I mean by that is most people, they go to the gym, they want to look better, right? Like that's kind of the main goal. So, you know, again, what do they think they need to do? They think they need to do these super high intensity uh, sessions. They just need to beat themselves up during their training sessions. Um, and it's all about like the feeling of working hard, right? Like, I think that that's what most people think they need to do to look better, but it's really not the case. But again, I, I want you to realize that there's nothing wrong with this. Like if your training that you do is mostly based on like high intensity stuff, kind of getting your heart rate up, things like that you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with, with that. Okay. It's not like you're like doing damage to your body. So I do want to make that known. Okay. So there's nothing wrong with that, but I do want people to realize that this is a classic mismatch of what you want versus one versus what you're actually doing. Um, and so, you know, all my clients, they just want to improve their look, you know, maybe it's deeper than that, but on the surface level, they do just want to look better. Okay. So again, less body fat, more, more muscle and nine times out of 10, when they come to me, it isn't from a lack of trying hard. Like most of my clients, that I work with. It's they. It's not that they don't work hard, especially before they come to me. It's just, they are working on the wrong things. Okay. They are working on the things they think they need to work on and like that perception of working hard, but they're just working on the wrong things. Okay. So a classic example of this is what you focus on during your weight training sessions. So again, you think you just need to do high, high intensity type training that burns the most calories. And this type of training gets your heart rate up, you're breathing heavy. You feel like you worked hard, et cetera, all those things. Right. And it is causing an adaptation but it's probably not the adaptation you want. So when this happens, you know, you're doing sets where you're, or you're doing workouts that you're just, you're just pushing your cardio. Um, you know, you're breathing heavy, you're doing your sets and you just feel super tired. Right. But like your muscles aren't like, maybe your muscles feel a little fatigued. Like you feel a little burn, but 
mostly you're stopping your, your sets and stuff like that, because you're just breathing super heavy, right? It's not so much because of the muscle, it's because you're breathing heavy, right? And because the, and so when that's happening, you're improving your cardiovascular system, but you're leaving gains on the table in terms of muscle growth and muscles. What is going to give your body that shape that you're looking for? Okay. And, you know, I think the thought there is, okay, well, if I do these high intensity exercise workouts, like I'm going to be losing body fat. Right. And to extent, yes, you might be losing some body fat. The body is also really good at compensating energy elsewhere throughout the day, especially if you just let your, like, if you do these high intensity exercise workouts and then you don't do anything the rest of the day and you're not in a calorie deficit, you're not going to lose body fat. Okay. Um, so realize that like working on this type of training, it's make, you may see a little bit of fat loss, but that's also going to be dependent on overall activity levels and what you're doing food wise, right. If you're in an energy deficit or not, like these work, I think this is where people get this, these types of workouts confused that they think that's, what's going to cause fat loss, but you still have to be in an energy deficit to do that. Okay. Um, and again, that's, you can, you can get that rolling in the right direction by training and like moving more things like that, but it's ultimately going to come down to nutrition. Okay. So what you're doing though, in these training sessions is you're improving your cardiovascular system. And that's not, that's not what is going to change your body composition. Yes. You can technically quote unquote, get in better shape, right? Like you'll be able to do things like there's a lot that goes into it, but yes, you're improving your cardiovascular system means you'll probably recover a little bit more and um, easier. Your, you know, your heart health is going to be pretty solid, right? Like you're improving that and that's going to be good, but it's not, that's not what's going to change your body composition. Okay. Now, again, this doesn't mean you shouldn't work on improving your cardio because it is help, like is super helpful in the grand scheme of things, but, but save the weight training for what it's supposed to do. And then if you want to improve your cardio training, do training that works specifically on that. Okay. This, we, we can't kid, like we can't fool ourselves and be like, Oh, well, this is how I'm going to improve my cardio and how I'm going to build muscle. Because again, those, that type of training is not what's going to change your body. Um, again, it may help you with overall health, but as far as changing your overall body, it's probably not going to do what you want it to do. It's not going to give your body that shape that you want. Okay. Um, and so really this just comes down to, if you're not seeing the results you want, but you're like doing these types of workouts, like it's time to take a look in the mirror and see if what you're doing is matching up with what you want. Okay. Now, again, there's a huge part of this in terms of the nutrition piece that plays a big role in this, but I just see it too often where people are like, Oh man, I had a great workout. I did this intense workout. I just did all this stuff. And I'm like, that's great. And like, that's gonna get you in the right direction, but just realize it's probably not getting the adaptation that you're trying to go far, um, with working out. Okay. Uh, so that's something that I just wanted to bring up, right? I, I think that really with a lot of things, people kind of hear, think they're doing what they think they need to do, but really it's not eliciting the adaptation they want. And I think a lot of these, it's it's easy to market these classes, right? Or these these types of training things because you get that immediate feedback of, hey, I'm breathing heavy, I'm working hard, um, I'm tired, like, oh, it must be working, right? And I, I think it's easier to market that type of stuff than it's then marketing, Hey, go, go do, um, two exercises per body part, uh, for 45 minutes, take two minute rests in between. Um, just try to lift more weight than what you did last week. Like that's hard to market because it's, it's much slower, but that's how you change your body. Right. Um, again, you can incorporate these types of classes and things like that, but if you rely on it and like, that's your only way of like, that's what you think is going to get you 
to improve your body composition, you're probably going to be leaving results on the table and you're going to be unhappy. Now, there's certain people out there that genetically and the way that their body is, like they could do these types of workouts and they're going to see results. But most people aren't going to be able to change their body and get the body they want by doing this type of training. Um, and so I, this is especially for you if you aren't satisfied with your results, but you're doing these things, okay? Again, nutrition, like I said, nutrition and lifestyle stuff are going to play a huge role in this. But a lot of times it comes down to, again, you're putting in all this work and it's just not getting the adaptation that you want, right? Um, so something to think about there. I, I wanted to elaborate on it a little bit more in this podcast episode. Um, but that's it for this episode. If you guys have any questions, let me know. And I will chat with you next week. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at jeffh91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.